What is up, everybody? This is Ryan for The Scale-Up Show. I have Patrick Woods on today, who is the founder and CEO of Orbit. Awesome, awesome episode. He goes through his community-led go-to-market motion, which is absolutely amazing with what he's done and the tech that they have. Previously worked with companies like Snowflake and Stripe, leveraged that consulting experience and turned it into an amazing SaaS product. Check it out. You won't be disappointed. How do you grow like a VC-backed company without taking on investors? Do you want to create a lifestyle business, a performance business, or an empire? How do you scale to an exit without losing your freedom? Those are the questions, and this show is the answer. Welcome, everybody, to the Scale Up Show. This is your host, Ryan Staley, and I have a very special guest with me today. I have Patrick Woods. Patrick is the founder and CEO of Orbit where he pioneered a community go-to-market model and previously had clients like Snowflake, Square, and is essentially creating a new category. Patrick, welcome. Happy to have you on the show, man. Hey, Ryan. Thanks so much. Really excited to be here today. Yeah, I, I love your story and thanks for being on. I'm excited to dig in this into this with you. But before we get too deep on that, let's do a real quick revenue rundown just so everybody has some context in terms of where you're at in the stage of journey that you're at. So what kind of revenue range are you at in terms of your ARR? Yeah, for sure. So we're, we're early on the, on the sort of um, our revenue story here. We're, I would say sub 3 million. Okay, cool. What's your primary go-to-market strategy for revenue growth? Yeah, for us, we've, we've been very community-driven, product-led, and, and, and content-driven. So you know, we haven't started lighting up outbound and paid and things like that yet. We just try to produce really good events, really great content. We have an active community and, you know, word of mouth really drives so much of our, so much of our value today. So if you look at our Google analytics, for example, you know, direct and organic is represents the massive majority of our, of our inbound. So yeah, very bottom up, go to market driven by the community and our content, our brand. That's awesome, man. So PLG plus content slash brand. Uh, What's your team size right now? We're around 30 people. Okay, cool. And can you just walk us through like a high level understanding of your solution so that everybody has some context? Yeah, totally. So for all of our customers, you know, we have, we have customers distributed across um, developer companies like open source, open core infrastructure, dev tools, things like that. Uh, We also have customers like Patreon and Miro sort of in the the, the B2C category, a growing number of web three customers as well. So Basically, the one thing that all these different types of, of businesses have in common is that their community is a huge part of how they create value and capture value. Uh, the challenge is that that community exists across dozens of channels online. So for any given Orbit customer, they have community taking place on a Discord server, plus social channels like Twitter and LinkedIn, plus places like Reddit and Product Hunt, um, you know, online events platforms, and even tools like GitHub if they're a developer company. And so they're seeing activity happen across all these different channels, but because each of those sources is is distributed, you know, and separate from one another, they have these huge challenges with the data, the data silo. So they have no idea what the, the journey looks like from one touch point to the next. So one of the first things an Orbit user does is they create the Orbit account, they connect these different sources, and once the data ingest, it basically gives you a view of the full the full journey of a, of a person across those platforms. So you can see that a month ago, someone followed you on Twitter and then retweeted some of your content. And then the next day, subscribed the newsletter and, and then joined your forum, asked a bunch of questions, and then a day later created a, a trial account, for example, and then maybe came back and asked some more questions in the forum, came to office hours, and then a week later converted to a paid user. And so with Orbit, you can actually see that journey end to end at the individual level. 
Now, wow. because we have all of that data, we can build some really cool reports about community growth, retention, showing you which channels are the most popular. Um, we can show you who are your champions, You know who's most active in the forum, who's most active on Twitter. Uh, and then we can start to connect th- that to your CRM and, and sort of help to understand revenue attribution with regard to your community, uh, as well as triggering workflows uh, and messaging from the platform itself. So it's really, you know, our customers describe Orbit as a, a single pane of glass, if you will, for all of those community touch points that empowers really every customer facing team inside the company. That's awesome. Huge need for that as there's a proliferation. It feels like there's a new social media network every other day, uh, as well as new channels that are popping up repeatedly. So I'm excited to dig into that. And are you bootstrapped or funded? We are funded. Yeah. So we're venture backed. Um, our lead investors include Andreessen Horowitz and Kotu and uh, a few others. Okay. Awesome. So you got some uh, some heavy hitters in terms of the investor side. So let's talk about your back your backstory because I, I think you know when we caught up with this on the pre-show, there's some really cool things that you had to do to get here. And I love the way that you navigated it through it to, to make it a reality and start your own company. So can you just walk us through that and how you made it happen and, you know, kind of the, your journey along the way. Yeah, for sure. So the the first part of my career was in in marketing, demand gen, digital marketing, made my way into advertising, uh, spent a lot of time in, in brand strategy, um, created a business unit at the agency where we basically provided services for equity for early stage companies. So think brand strategy in exchange for equity. Um, through that, uh, one of my, one of my clients uh, in that business unit was a company called Keen.io. Um, Keen recruited me to come to Startup World basically and build their customer success uh, basically function. Uh, and that's where I met my co-founder, Josh. So I'm the CEO. Josh is our CTO and, and co-founder. Um, at, at Keen, Keen had a huge developer community. And we realized that an active community basically de-risks every other part of the business. It makes go-to-market easier. It makes brand awareness easier. You have a whole pool of people for product feedback. Uh, there's recruiting opportunities from the community. And really, I would say kind of like chapter one of Orbit kind of started there, where we sort of realized that when a company can harness the power of a community, it's it's useful for the company itself, but also for those community members, because we saw people collaborating on projects. We saw community members getting jobs as they became sort of experts on the platform. It's very, like super like a great example of win-win, you know, in its in its best form. So after Keen, Josh and I went our separate ways to a couple of different companies. And then I guess in mid to late 2018, Josh and I started a, a, a consulting business uh, in the developer relations, developer community space. And, you know, his background, he's, he's incredibly technical. Uh, he was VP Eng at, at Keen. You know, as mentioned, my background is kind of like on the commercial side, on the storytelling side. And we sort of hung a shingle out and said, look, we know more and more companies are thinking about how to build and grow their communities. We've we've done a little bit of that. We know a thing or two, and so let's let's have a conversation. And so, yeah, we 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 did business with a handful of companies, um, as you mentioned in the in the intro, you know, Snowflake and Square and some other really cool folks. But during that time, we we had the opportunity to have conversations with hundreds of leaders in the space. Um, it was sort of an inflection point, I think, in the industry where more and more people were thinking about how to do community, how to build developer relations programs, and folks were just willing to chat and. That's that's kind of maybe chapter two of, of the Orbit story, because during that time, there were sort of two two things that we learned. One was that um, everybody's trying to figure out their community. People are hiring for community and DevRel roles, but there was no system of record to help them scale and operationalize. So everybody's using spreadsheets. It's very chaotic. The data is distributed across a bunch of platforms. And so this, this functional area was emerging, and yet there was no tool to help them do that. So that was sort of one pattern matching opportunity we had. The second thing we learned was that 
everyone was was interested in measuring their community. It's like in a business, we have this thing. How do we know if it's working or not? It's sort of a fundamental question. And what we realized is that all of our clients were were trying to use the metaphor of the sales and marketing funnel to measure their community programs. And it, it seems kind of obvious. Uh, we measure the, the we use everything. The, the funnel measures everything. It's like the sole commercial metaphor for the past <laughs> 100 years. And it never, it never felt right for a community. And we we realized that the funnel as a metaphor is a it's a great optimization tool. Like when every every person goes through the same four steps and you need to optimize every step along the way. It's like it's a great metaphor. Um if 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 the process is linear, if it's binary, it's perfect. But if you think about communities and how they work and maybe communities you've been a part of, a person's participation in that community is not linear and it's not binary. Like people come and go, they get active, they go away for a couple of months and they come back. So we we actually published this a blog post about this concept called the orbit model. And this predates the, the the software company we built today. But the orbit model was our attempt to reason from first principles on how communities actually grow and how you can measure that. And we said, instead of pushing people through a, a set of prescribed steps like the funnel, you should actually work to create a high gravity community that's that's attractive and has an attractive force of its own that pulls people in. Mm. And you can actually measure the gravity based on a couple things. Uh, reach is the component. So if you know like the reach of every member, you can try to like in- attract more influential members who have a lot of reach. Uh, but we also have this metric called love. Uh, and it's, it's kind of funny. Uh, it, it's, it sounds kind of like hippy dippy maybe, but like we think you can measure love. Uh, and, and the theory is that if you know the recency, frequency, and quality of every person's participation and contribution, you can start to build a model of who's connected to who, where are the centers of gravity, who are the people that have gotten really active, who are the people that used to be really active, but we haven't seen them in six months. And you can start to ask yourself some questions about, okay, if we want to increase love, what are the tactics we would deploy to do that? So it's, you know, it's champions program. It's maybe it's events, maybe it's re-engagement to find those people whose love is, is fading. And so that blog post uh, really struck a nerve. Uh, a, a lot of our of our own sort of like community and prospects said, "Hey, great blog post. It's very cool. How do we scale it? What do we do about it?" Uh, so we fleshed out the idea. Uh, we created a website called OrbitModel.com where it lives today, and we created some Airtable templates to help look at the math. We had a Slack community of our own, and basically, when we we went out to raise our first um, pre-seed round pre-product in I guess late 2019, we said, "Look." The way companies go to market has fundamentally shifted from sales to adoption, and the driver of so much of adoption is a healthy community. And somebody's going to basically rebuild a CRM style system of record from the ground up, but it's got to be based on a community centric data model and mental model. And so that was sort of the pitch. That's how we got started. We said we're going to go. You know, we can't just like put community on the front of CRM and call it a day. We actually need to rethink. (laughs) the way these things can be modeled. And so, yeah, the origin story for us really started with feeling these needs way back at Keen.io and experiencing it firsthand. And then through the consulting practice, really just going deep and, and you know, finding out where the need was in the market. So yeah, that was, I guess that was three years ago, roughly two and a half. Wow. Hello, this is Ryan here. Real quick, if you are enjoying this episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave a comment or review. If you want more help or just want to learn more about what the top SaaS CEOs and founders are doing, check out my website at www.ryanstaley.io. Join my newsletter, check out other free content resources I have there, and let me know if you want to scale your business. Now back to the episode.
Well, that's awesome, man. I love that. And I just love, you know, going back to a first principles thinking in terms of how to approach it. I can't tell you how many hundreds of, of revenue executives that I've talked to that uh, fundamentally hate CRMs as a result. And then you multiply that times a million and that's how many salespeople hate CRMs. <laughs> <laughs> so to, to think of it from the ground up, like reverse engineer, what actually people are doing now versus previous, I think that's super bright that you did that. <clears throat> um, I guess I have tons of follow-up questions, right? Uh, so when we're, when we're kind of looking at this, you know, I, I think, and I'll, I'll do this just because it's, it's most recently, right? But you talked about, you know, how to measure love. And, and I'm a huge proponent of that because I think there's, there's a massive opportunity uh, ignored with that, right? There's, there's, I mean, it's just ignored it and people are looking at customers more than this reflective on the sales side, more of their in, internal experience or their process to acquire a customer versus what the buyer is actually going through. So you're saying recency, frequency, and quality. Like, can you take each one of those a little bit a step further in terms of like, what exactly does that mean? What kind of KPIs do you use to track that? How does it work? Yeah. So, so interestingly, love itself is a KPI that a lot of our users will, will, will manage. So using the Orbit platform, you know, because we're connected to all of your data sources, we know that, you know, for any individual, like, you know, let's, you know, for, for Ryan, that we, we know that, you know, this is a person who uh, is in the discord every day. Like they send a message every day. And like, we know that the discord messages are really important to us. And so their love is really high. Uh, And so that's the thing we actually track. The other thing, the other thing about love that I didn't mention is that uh, it love decays over time, uh, which is a funny thing to talk to your, you know, partners about. But um, this is getting to the idea that somebody who's really active today is is quote unquote worth a lot more than somebody who was really active a year ago or two years ago. And so, the love score is actually a KPI that rolls up all these different factors and really shows you a snapshot of of like today who are the people that are leaning in the most and who have created the most value for the community. So. Um, it's actually one of the things our users keep an eye on and you can, you know, segment based on that and do all sorts of cool stuff. But, um, yeah, it gets, it gets at the sort of like question of, of measuring engagement essentially. Okay. Uh, which, which makes a lot of sense. So, so yeah, the recency, obviously that's when they're doing a frequency. You said it's a lot more higher value initially. Why is that? Yeah. So the theory is that, that when you're building a community, you want to understand who, who has been, who has been active lately. And so, so love weights that more heavily because these are the folks that you would go welcome to the community. You might introduce them to other community members. You might ask them to, you know, write a guest blog post if that's a thing for your community or participate in an event. And that the, the, the frequency maps a likelihood of, of like engaging more. Mm-hmm. So, so that's why we sort of weight more heavily the recent engagement versus somebody who we haven't seen in a year. So if somebody uh, was active a year ago and we haven't seen them in a year, well, we should probably reach out and say, hello, how are you doing? But the likelihood of them taking the next step is probably a lot lower than somebody who has been doing a lot of stuff in the community recently. Okay. And then what about on the quality side? Is that, do, are people prioritizing different social media channels, um, yeah. forums, or like what's the prioritization that correlates with quality? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. So it, it depends a little bit on the the strategy of the company. So some of our customers say, you know, for Q4, we're really focused on like Twitter engagement, or we really want to see more activity in these specific Discord channels. And so using our software, you can actually weight different activities and different channels differently. And so you could say, we really want it. We know that 
for example, this is kind of getting back to first principles thinking, but we like if we know that somebody is answering questions in our discourse forum, we know that translates into a very high quality community member. You can go into orbit settings and basically weight those activities higher. And so it's it's kind of um, you know it, it's a little a little complex, but it gives our users the ability to really try to map to reality what the impact looks like. And so every community is different, so we make it really easy to customize. Okay, so that makes sense. And then, how does that correlate to revenue? So, like, what kind of uh, metrics or indicators are you seeing correlating towards, let's say, customer acquisition costs versus lifetime value um, versus average deal size? Like all those factors. Like, w- what's the correlation you're seeing? Yeah. Um, again, it can sort of depend on the community type and stage and things like that. But um, you know, we see we see an active community contributing to. LTV uh, in the form of a couple things. Um, basically, well, ticket deflection is is always part of a community, but that's a little separate from LTV. Uh, but that's that's certainly part of the story. Um, in, the, in that case, you know, community members are asking each other for support. They're helping each other out versus you know hitting up the main support line, email line, or whatever. So um, that's part of it. Um, in the for, in the terms of LTV, we see the the, the community members are community members are more likely to to not churn basically because they they're they're getting the help they need they're connecting with others they're becoming an expert in the tool because the community's helping them get there um we see you know sales teams use orbit pretty heavily um basically for two reasons one to craft better outbound messaging so um orbit shows you a person's full journey so you 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 might know that someone you know they may may perhaps are using the product lightly uh, but they've been in the community for over a year. They've come to every single event. You know, they they're active in the Discord server. Uh, they follow you on Twitter. They've been a subscriber to to your newsletter for nine months. The way you approach that person uh, in, in a cold email is going to be a lot different than if you don't know any of that data. And so, Orbit lets SDRs and AEs really approach folks with with a much higher degree of personalization. Uh, that that turns out to be a lot more productive in terms of response rates and things like that. So that's that's a thing we hear quite quite frequently. The other the other reason sales teams use Orbit today is um, in addition to understanding all that individual behavior, uh, where possible, we we summarize that into company level intelligence as well. So mm. you can see that. Did you know that last week there were eight people from Acme active in the community, and like one followed you on Twitter, two came to your meetup, uh, someone subscribe to the newsletter, another one, you know, joined the forum. And historically, without a tool like Orbit, you wouldn't know that because that data is spread across too many sources. Uh, and so with Orbit, you can say that, oh, wow, there's like, why why is Acme really engaging? Like, what are they doing? And so what we hear is that that reps use that information to go and basically uh, figure out a couple things like, you know, who's who's a potential champion here to reach out to? Or, you know, maybe all these people are all individual contributors from the same from the same team. Like, Who's our boss? Are they scoping out a solution? Are they are they trying to use their like personal email accounts to do trial accounts and like you know go into the radar? Um, maybe maybe we should reach out to their manager and see if there's a conversation here about the enterprise plan because you know you've got eight or ten people using this the tool. Wouldn't you like to have some audit logs and some SSO associated with that, et cetera? So yeah, it turns out the the type of data in a tool like Orbit is like really helpful for for all these different sort of touch points. So. You know the downstream impact of that is once you once you know the the sort of activity of an individual or a cohort of a company in the community, you can start to correlate that with close rates and win rates and things like that downstream. So you know it's it's it provides 
just more data sort of higher higher in the funnel as, as most people would think about it to then go and sort of like back pressure different channels and things like that. I love that, man. That sounds so sweet. So, and there's a definite use case, especially on the enterprise side or even the mid-market, like any kind of sales capability to have that visibility. It'd be like, I think it'd be like fishing with dynamite to have access to that. So super cool. So like, here's the thing that I'm trying to reconcile in my head, right? Cause I know there's sniffers out there and things you could do like, What's the technology that enables you to pick up those intent signals for opportunities or even even dashboarding? Yeah, so so just getting technical for a moment. Um, you know, the, our, our integrations um, do a, do a few different things. So uh, we'll use Discord as an example. Um, so like Discord, Twitter, and GitHub are like three very popular integrations for us. So um, for for Discord, you would install the Orbit. Discord bot and it kind of hangs out in the channels and it pipes activities back to Orbit. Um, okay. GitHub is a it's a GitHub app that you give read only permissions to your organization and then as as developers are opening pull requests or you're starring the repo, all these different activities that happen on GitHub those pipe back to Orbit and then on Twitter um, things like following your account, you know, retweets, mentioning your Twitter handle or mentioning specific keywords you're tracking. Those all become activities in orbit. So the, the sort of two pieces of our data model are members and activities. The member is the individual person, you know, with an email address, with a Twitter handle, with a Discord username. And then the activity is basically just any verb you want to track across your, your community touch points. So the integrations do this automatically and they pipe in members and activities, but an activity is any verb. And so you could you could pass in anything using our API or our Zapier app. We can pull from your data warehouse. Um, and so once you've plugged in those sources. Now you have this view of, of basically a fire hose of activity across those channels. So people mm-hmm. following you, joining the server, asking a question, you know, you name it. And then we have a number of, of, of sort of like ML things that run in the background to say, oh, Patrick J. Woods followed you on Twitter. And then Patrick J. Woods also joined your Discord server. This is probably the same person. So let's merge those profiles into one. Um, you know, so we basically... Uh, do some merging based on username, email addresses, account names, first name, last name, et cetera. And then for public sources like GitHub and Twitter, we also pull in whatever data is public. So um, I follow you on Twitter. I've got my location. I've got my URL. I've got my bio, my headshot, all that stuff's available. So that all gets ingested into Orbit automatically too. Uh, and then for for enterprise accounts, we use third-party enrichment to pull in additional data as well. So yeah, it's it's a pretty it's a pretty full picture. So um once you have the once you have the underlying activity flow for every individual, you can start to do some interesting things. Um, you can wait those events, wait those activities more specifically for your use case. That can drive signal. Um, you can also do things like pass in product events. So for us, whenever someone activates their Orbit account, that lands as an activity in our Orbit workspace. It's very meta. We use Orbit on Orbit, and then anytime. <laughs> one of our users invites a collaborator to their workspace that shows up as an activity too. And so you can imagine our sales team keeps an eye on that. And so like, you know, somebody creating an orbit account is one thing. Um, Somebody inviting five collaborators to their orbit workspace who also is active in our discord server. That's a pretty strong signal. And so, you know, we may not reach out with a, with a sales conversation yet, but we might say, look, here's some great resources on how other companies collaborate inside of orbit. And like, you know, you might be from the community team, but here's how sales teams use Orbit. Here's how marketing teams. So we try to like drip out that high value content and information, invitations to office hours, things like that. But that those those types of things signal intent. And because it's all piped into Orbit alongside the community data, it really gives our team a lot of a lot of ability to reach out when the time is right. So 
we also have it. This is pretty cool. We have like a an, a, a Slack app that sits inside sits inside of our internal Slack workspace, and so we can actually configure notifications to come into our like our notification our sales notifications channel. So once someone is invited a, a collaborator, or when somebody with the prospect with a tag prospect um, writes into support, like all these signals pipe into a channel where we all keep an eye on it, can respond in real time. So yeah, it's pretty cool. That's awesome, man. So let me let me play that back in a in a dumbed down, non technical manner. Even though I ask you a super technical question, right? So for <laughs> so for the communities, you got basically the the chat bot, right, or some kind of bot in there. For social accounts, it's like an API integration. So if I have let's say five social accounts, you hit those, and then you also scrape public information, right? So you're looking at like publicly available data with the machine learning that's probably triggered from something that happens in one of those areas. And then like, I assume it could also connect like your website, your email lists, like all those triggers. So it mixes all that together, looks at public data, verifies it, and then also sends signals with keywords that you have on top of it. So it's not just the actions, but it's the keywords that people are saying like in the marketplace too. Is that right? Is that like a good short summary of it? Yeah, it's good. And then, and I would say that sort of like, once all those activities are in the in the in your workspace and we've pulled in the public information, then our you know the users in our orbit workspace will add tags manually. So like we might you know we 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 tag people with the prospect tag or you know I'm going to be in New York for an event and so like I'm going to go use Orbit to find all of all of our users in New York and I'm going to add a tag called like invite dash New York and so when I when I'm ready to start inviting people I go back and I've got my list already built to go do that and so. Yeah, the, the sort of like activities ingestion piece is kind of the foundation. And then from there, it enables all of these other workflows around tagging, adding notes, uh, building lists, building reports, things like that. Wow. I, I love that, man. So, I, and I, I know we're, we're getting short on time, so I want to be sensitive to that. That's, uh, that's amazing. I, I mean, so like, I guess like there's a, there's a lot of different ways we can go to it. So I was going to ask you originally, like, what is a community go to market motion? But you basically just described it there by going through everything that you just went through, I think, in terms of doing that. I guess like for what I always think of is like, who's your target market? So like, who's an ideal customer in terms of revenue size? Is it uh, startups? Is it more mature companies? Like who really can fully take advantage of something like this? Yeah. So we we see kind of like our, our enterprise buyer typically is a director or above of community and or developer relations. Uh, so think companies like um, Stripe and Okta and Vercel, uh, Cypress, uh, big sort of like larger like tech companies. Um, we also see adoption from B2B, B2C SaaS companies. So uh, Miro, the online whiteboarding company, Patreon, these are both enterprise customers. So huge communities for those companies. Um, in the Web3 space, there's a number of them. So, you know, kind of like once we're doing large scale implementations, like some of those customers I mentioned, they have 40, 50 seats in the Orbit workspace. And so it's it's the community team, but it's also marketing folks, product folks, recruiters, AEs, SDRs, you name it. So when it's a large implementation like that, sort of like that stage of a company. Um, but we also have a, a fairly generous free tier. So we have a lot of users that are you know two-person two, two startups. And like the founders are using Orbit because they're the community builders from day one. And so you know they're using Orbit extensively just to figure out who's the community, who are the champions, kind of like the basic blocking and tackling. Um, we see creators using Orbit, um, you know, individual founders, things like that, um, and lots of open source and nonprofits. So 
you know, for us, it's really, it's really important to try to create value first. So that's why we have like the free tier. So it's important for us to, for you to be able to come and try the thing, plug in some data, see if it's useful. And then over time grow with us as the community grows, as your need grows, things like that. So yeah, that's, that's the, the high level I would say. That's awesome. And then when, when you actually start monetizing, like what's the threshold or like what kind of capabilities do people need or want, I should say, when they're like, you want them to, to pay? Yeah. So the, the two, the two levers today are number of seats and number and, and style of integrations. So free plan, you can plug in, you know, two or three integrations, you can have two or three seats. That's enough to get you going and like collaborate with one or two teammates. Um, but once you start to need to add multiple seats and multiple team members, you start to scale up through our self-serve plan. You know, once you want to start to plug in the data to the CRM, that's like the expensive self-serve plan, or you're probably going to go enterprise at that point. At the enterprise tier, it's it's everything you would expect from an enterprise sort of, you know, security feature set. So single sign-on, audit logs, all of that sort of permissioning and things like that. Access to our customer success team and our solutions engineer. So the bigger implementations typically involve some use of our API. So we go deep with you to figure out how to do that most effectively. Um, and then larger, larger seed allocation, the full robust sort of sort of community or excuse me, enterprise level integrations at that at that level. So we're a lot, a lots more, lots more coming there. Uh, but that's sort of the the overview today. Well, I, I think you're doing some amazing things uh, with with you know kind of how you position things right now and everything that you built out already, man. So so props to you on that. I, I guess what would you say though, like, is your your number one strategy for growing revenue right now that they, they, you think you're doing amazing? Yeah, we think we think you know the content events and community continue to work really well for us. Really the, the 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 sort of single thing we think about a lot is you know what what is the value we can create for our community? You know so much of business is thinking about how do we capture as much value as possible. Um but but we've seen this mindset work really well, which is what is what is our community struggling with? What are the questions they have? What are their problems and then like what are the resources What's the knowledge? What's the network we can have to help answer those questions? So trying to create spaces for conversation around those topics, create content that's useful, and really just trying to expand the category. You know, this, we're in such early innings of this community-led growth being a thing and community being like a respected functional area inside of a company. It's, you know, we've got to help expand the category and educate the market. So, you know, we're we're going to start doing a lot more with regard to educating other teams inside the company. You know, we've done a good job like with the community managers, with the developer relations people. Um, but sales leaders should really have a framework for understanding the community and how to work with community leaders in a way that's value additive versus extractive. And marketers should have a, a keen view of the role of a community and developing campaigns and programs and strategies and things like that. And product people should really have a, a keen sense for how to go and engage with community members for feedback and discovery. And so, you know, that's, we're seeing this happen organically, like in, in our bigger accounts, every customer facing team is using Orbit. Um, we're going to start doing a lot more, you know, education and enablement around that specifically. So uh, I think it's a huge opportunity as community, as a, as a mindset sort of makes its way across the whole company. So, you know, co- community has historically been kind of like a, a team or a small sort of sideshow. Um, but increasingly it's, it's a way, it's a, it's a way to create value and go to market. And so that's, that's, I think when we think about the second half of the year and going into next year, a big part of our go to market will be helping folks learn how to do that and just creating value. Yeah. 
oh, there's going to be massive backend expansion revenue with that, without a doubt. So, uh, okay, well, we're just about up on time. I guess like last question is, what would you say is your single biggest challenge that you're experiencing right now with the the stage of the journey that you're at? Um, yeah, I think it's kind of related to the thing I was just describing, which is those expansions into those other, those other areas. We're kind of, we're kind of getting into uncharted territory, um, where no one's really had these conversations with, with, with companies at scale about how to think about a community holistically across the business. So, you know, I think we've got to, we've got to sort of nail that in a, in a way that's, that's healthy, both for the company and the community members. I think worst case scenario is the community just becomes another list for marketing teams to blast out irrelevant content to like that's that kills the community kills the company it's very bad and so um you know one of our challenges is making sure we both educate folks and help them get those resources but also build our product in such a way that it helps helps do these things we're describing in a way that's very community centric and doesn't just take us into some sort of bizarro world where we just become another email marketing tool, which is what we want to avoid. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. Well, great work. Uh, we are up on time. So where can people find you? Where can they find about more about Orbit if they want to try it out? Yeah, definitely. So I'm on Twitter. I'm at, at Patrick J. Woods, uh, all one word, obviously. Uh, Orbit, you can find more about us at orbit.love. That's right. Our domain actually has love in the in the URL, which is pretty cool. And if you're interested in the Orbit model as a concept, we touched on that a bit earlier. Uh, orbitmodel.com is where all of those resources live. So lots of places to engage in. Yeah, hit me up on Twitter. Always happy to have conversations about this stuff. It's really, it's really fun and really important. So uh, always happy to chat. Awesome, man. Well, you can tell you know your stuff inside and out. So uh, appreciate you volunteering <laughs> yourself for that. Got some exciting things ahead for Orbit. It was awesome having you on the show. Thanks for being on, Patrick. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. Really appreciate it. Thank you for checking out The Scale Up Show. My mission in life is to help founders and revenue leaders avoid all the pain and suffering in revenue growth so they can flip it and create a life of their own design. So if you enjoyed this show, please like, review, share it on social, and more importantly, just share it with a friend. Share it with someone that you think could learn and benefit from what you heard on today. But the more we get the message out, the more people we could help, the bigger the impact we make, and the bigger the community gets, which helps everybody. So once again, thank you for being a loyal listener. I appreciate you and look forward to seeing you on the next episode.